Holy God, fill our minds with your wisdom, our mouths with your truth, and our hearts with your love. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. You know, I, I, I train the acolytes that whenever they make a mistake, all they have to do is pretend like it's part of the routine because no one knows what's going on. But if you announce the wrong song at the beginning of the service, then everybody knows, right? <clears throat> and I'll tell you, during this past week, and this may have happened to you, I don't know, people always ask the question, are you ready for Christmas? You know, how many people have asked that question or had that question asked of them? Are you ready for Christmas? And, and recently, my barber asked me that question, are you ready for Christmas? And my answer was, well, that depends upon exactly what you mean by are you ready for Christmas? Because if you mean, do I have all my gifts purchased and wrapped and properly labeled and mailed or delivered or given, the answer is a resounding no. Plus, Kim does most of that. <laughs> Kim's my wife. But perhaps a better question that we should ask is this, and that is, are you ready for the baby Jesus? Are you ready for the baby Jesus to come? After all, it's his birthday that we're celebrating. You know, our, our ancient tradition believed that Jesus was born late in the night, around midnight, and hence that's where the idea of this midnight mass comes. And actually, you know, we don't start it at midnight, we, we end it at midnight, um, hopefully. But also, it's not a surprise that the followers of Jesus celebrated his birthday after one of the longest days of the calendar year, December 21st, the winter solstice. It's, it's when it seems like it's the darkest of nights, and the night lasts a long time. And we live in that constant battle between the light and the darkness. And even in his Christmas message, our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, quoted scripture. He said, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And the gospel story you just heard reminds us that a new light has shined and will shine for all of us. And it comes to us in, a, in the very unlikely couple of Joseph and Mary. And this degree goes out from the Roman Empire that orders everyone to be registered back in their hometown. And actually, the Romans are looking for people that they can tax. And they're also looking for people that they can force into military service. Now, the Jews... They were exempt from military service, but they weren't exempt from paying taxes. So everybody had to go. And this census, it happened about every 14 years. So Joseph and Mary actually had no choice. They had to go. And this journey from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem was about 80 miles. And they didn't have a Tesla back then. The transportation, they had to walk or ride a mule. And you can imagine... Or maybe not, but Mary being so pregnant going that far, that was, had to have been horrendous. And it really wasn't a good time for her in her pregnancy to be traveling that far. In a, real, in a very real sense, Mary and Joseph, they were herded toward Bethlehem. And it's really, you know, not really surprising that there wasn't a place for them in the inn. 
You know, everybody had to go. There was a ton of people going, a whole bunch of people going. And recently on the Facebook, there has been this drawing by John Stewart going around where it kind of pictures, you know, Mary and Jesus, Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus kind of out on the street. And there, the caption of it was, each of us is an innkeeper who decides if there's room for Jesus. Now we're going to sing tonight, Joy to the World, as we light each of those candles being very careful not to drip any wax anywhere. And during it, it's, it says, joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. I mean, perhaps this is symbolic of what's going to happen to Jesus. And when you think about it, really, the only place where there was room for our Lord, the only place where there was room for Jesus was on the cross. He sought an entry to the overcrowded hearts of all people. He couldn't find it. And he still searches and rejection goes on and on. And this world that the Lord enters was very similar to our world. It was a volatile world, a hostile world, a very brutal world. Children were being killed. This is the world that God chooses to enter into. It's a very broken and dark world. But Luke's account of this story is so eloquent. It's so familiar to us. And a flood of feelings rushes over us at Christmas when we hear this story. And the Christmas season amplifies our emotions and our experiences that are going on in our lives. So if it's joy we feel, we feel more joyful at Christmas. And if we're touched by sorrow or emptiness or grief, we feel those things with more, much more sadness. News of hardship and war are harder for us to hear during the Christmas season. And good tidings that an illness is healed or a relationship has been reconciled or a hope has been fulfilled, all are much sweeter during the Christmas season. And you know, we try really hard to make Christmas special for our loved ones. We want to do something to make that time very special. But it's not always the most wonderful time of the year for everyone. And I think we're called to recognize that and to acknowledge that and remember that. But there's some very good news that comes from this scripture reading tonight. It's very powerful. And we should have a flood of, a flood of feelings about that scripture as well. Because the real king of peace has come among us. God from God, light from light eternal. At Christmas, we're to retell our Savior's story. To retell his birth story. His light coming into the world. But perhaps more importantly, we acknowledge that God came into the world as one of us, into our own situation. And we want to keep sharing this story, and we want our children to keep sharing this story, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
He became one of us. He loves us that much. He loves you that much. Each one of us is loved that much that everything would be given up for you. And this is the light that needs to shine in each one of us. So are you ready for the coming of the baby Jesus? This gospel reminds us that God appears to the the less than perfect, the less than powerful. He doesn't appear to kings or to the religious one. He He comes unexpectedly late at night to those who were simply going about their daily routine, their daily occupation. And it's so wonderful that the very first announcement of God came to the shepherds. Now, we think of shepherds as being a glorified position, but back in ancient times, that wasn't the case. They were despised by the orthodox good people of the time. They couldn't, you know, keep all the details correct as far as the ceremonial laws. They didn't understand the proper washings, and they didn't follow the rules or all the regulations. And the reason was is because taking care of those sheep took up all their time. But God presents himself to them first. You know, we tend to look for God in the beautiful. Or we only look for God during those times when we think we really need God. But I think what we need to remember is that God seeks us always and everywhere. God's light is always with us. Once we've seen God in the stable, we never know where we might see God again. If God is present in this least promising place, there is no location or no time, so lowly or earthbound, but that holiness can be present there too. For just when God seems the most helpless, God is the most strong. And just where we least expect him, he comes most fully. So are you ready for the baby Jesus to come? You know, our choir tonight is going to sing uh, a song, our wonderful choir, led by Paul. They're going to sing a song, a solo, called Baby, What Are You Going to Be? by Natalie Sleeth. And a few lines of that song are, Baby, can you be the Savior? Come to save the world one day. Baby lying in a manger, will you save the world one day? Yes. From Isaiah, we're also told that for a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is, his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And for all that we do or strive to do or wish we could do, Christmas is all about Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. For all the efforts that we do, the gift of Christmas actually comes from God. And it comes where and when we least expect it to come. And the baby Jesus arrives whether we expect him to or not. God's divine light arrives. And it's present in each and every one of us. And we're called to share that light that we have been given with everyone. Love grows only by giving. The love we give away is the only love really that we get to keep. And the only way to retain love is to give it away. 
and we have to prepare room. As we light the candles tonight during the singing of Silent Night, watch how the light grows. Watch how it lights up the whole room as it passes from person to person. There is the light of Jesus in each and every one of us, and we just have to let that light shine. You know, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle, and we lose nothing by sharing our love with someone else. So pass it on. Pass it on. And yes, we are ready for the baby Jesus. Amen.